for an 80-year-old person, tripping and falling is potentially deadly. It's a big deal. And anyone in America whose grandparent, mother, father, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, 80-year-old plus took a fall, 80, 70, 65 plus took a fall like this, and you'd be worried sick. Joe Biden took a bad, bad fall today. And it's interesting. In a way, it seems like no one cares. And off to the chair. You know what it reminds me of? Anybody see Stripes? Have that removed. Remember? <laughs> Who is that lieutenant? Played by John Larroquette. Have that removed. Um, that's a big problem. It is. At the Air Force Academy today, I know the mainstream media, they are burying this, ignoring it, brushing it off. But it's a big deal. And I'm sorry, did you hear? Was that a round of applause? Was that a big cheer when he went down? Was this a, I hope not. I don't think so. But was this a let's go Brandon type thing? Oh. All right, look, that's tough. I don't want to see it. It's not good for America. It's not good for the presidency. It's not good for Joe Biden. And like I've said before, he's not going to be able to finish his presidency. He must resign. He's not up to it mentally, physically. Everybody knows it. But so many are pretending that this is normal or that this is not happening. Now, watch this in slow motion, if you don't mind. Joe does that little run thing. Did you see? I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm a man on the move. That was his whole thing. Look, when he ran for president, he was too old, right? We all knew it, and he wasn't good at stuff. But he tried to promise us, tried to fool us that he was going to be uh, that kind of go-get-em dude. Some people are always in a hurry. They run when they could walk. Race up steps when others take it slow. When Joe Biden's president, America is just going to have to keep up. Oh, what a lie. How much phony baloney nonsense. And that is a fake run. And when you do that, you know what you do? Well, see, your upper body is kind of running, but your legs are actually walking. It's a prime opportunity to trip and fall. Look, I don't like the guy, uh, but I don't want anything bad to happen to him. The people around him, apparently, they're not talking to him like I have talked to him. This is a trend. Air Force One. Uh, shortly into his presidency, look, th look at this. Boom, boom, boom. Three times he goes down. Last summer on that bike, he should not be riding a bike. He comes up, where is he? Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, someplace like that on vacation. Look at me. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm Joe Biden. I can ride a bike. Watch what happens. Damn, this is bad. He's going to get seriously, seriously hurt if he keeps this up. Uh, last month in Japan, this could have been really, really bad. Look, uh, oh, and there's one more uh, to point out that we know of. Air Force One in Poland earlier this year. Did you see that? He went down almost again. The CDC says that falls are a leading cause of injury and death in older Americans. No one in his inner circle is telling him to slow down. I did. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, people on talk shows, even Chris Christie, who wants to run against him, 
his candidacy is dead on arrival, by the way. But this was um, a pretty reasonable observation. Well, we got to remember what the 2020 election was like. Joe Biden didn't barely have to leave his basement in Wilmington. He didn't have to campaign. But they Do you see <laughs> Joe Biden on Air Force One doing seven, eight campaign stops a day at 82 years old? And being effective, can you imagine how many gaffes there are going to be in those speeches, how many mistakes, how many outright falsehoods there'll be? be not because of any other reason than he's just making it up. Look, he's not, he is not capable of running a traditional American race. And he's not capable of running a traditional American presidency. He is not up to the job. We all see it. And that Japan thing we talked about, right, coming down those steps, you know, it really spooked uh, our White House correspondent, James Rosen. And he's a serious guy. He's covered many administrations and a great historian, too. Listen to James in the aftermath of this moment uh, last month. That stumble by the president uh, down the center of those concrete steps could have ended very, very yeah. differently. This would have gone beyond, this would have gone yes. beyond embarrassment. Had he face planted on those concrete steps, this would have been catastrophic it, it, and certainly would have, uh, I think, ended any concept of 2024 for the, for the incumbent. And if anybody says I'm nitpicking the president, no, I'm not. I'm actually, look, he said that this is a legitimate issue, his age, and that we should watch him. Watch him. His words. It's legitimate for people to raise issues about my age. It's totally legitimate to do that. And the only thing I can say is watch me. Watch me. <laughs> That's all I can say. I mean, you know, it goes from one extreme to the other. I, last night I, was hit, well, I heard that people were saying, well, just watch Biden. My God, age is not an issue anymore. I, I think it's a legitimate thing to be concerned about anyone's age, including mine. I think it's totally legitimate. But I think the best way to make the judgment is to, uh, to, you know, watch me. Anybody in America who's watching Joe Biden knows he can't do the job anymore. But fascinatingly, the media who watch him don't report on him. So today after he fell, cable news, and by the way, daytime cable news, they're desperate to talk about anything, all right? They, gotta, they need content. They didn't talk about this. They pretended it didn't happen. And what do they focus on? Trump stuff. Oh, wait, what's the latest headline here? Trump captured. Oh, yeah, on tape talking about classified documents, classified documents. You know, the boxes hoax. Wow. Wow. Um, they couldn't talk about this. Why not? They are deceptive. They are protecting him. They're actually doing him a disservice, really. So in February of 2021, Joe Biden took a a minor fall here. Check, check this out. You see that? It was just a minor trip. Uh, that's in 2021, February. I watched that and it gave me a bad feeling. Uh, the next day on this show, in this room, I sent a message to Joe Biden just based on that little moment. My advice to President Biden, please, Mr. President, walk, don't run, and maybe also don't ride. Okay. Yeah. The, the, right? Why didn't he listen to me? I care, Joe. Next. 
I've noticed something about you, and actually, from the heart, sir, this is sincere, it concerns me. Uh, you're taking those stairs a little bit too fast. This whole running thing, this whole trying to convince everybody that you're a man of vitality, I've seen you run down ramps, run on stage, run off stage. Uh, it's going to catch up with you, and we're starting to see it. Take it easy, okay? Fair enough? Fair enough. And one month later, he took that spectacular fall going up Air Force uh, One. Yeah, one, two, three. And then there was the bike fall. I mean, come on. Folks, I'm trying to help the guy. Again, I don't like him, but I don't want the president of the United States to get a compound fracture on TV or bang his head or worse. I mean, it would be awful. And oh, by the way, gosh, that is bad, right? This is a presidency and free fall. It's awful. Um, did you notice he took a shot at Donald Trump for taking it easy and carefully on the steps and on a ramp like a president should? Race up steps when others take it slow. When others take it slow. So Donald Trump spoke at the West Point uh, commencement in 2020, and everybody gave him a hard time because he went very slow down the ramp. You know why? It was smart. It was a slippery ramp. <laughs> the fake news went bananas. And he didn't even fall. Ooh, look, he must be having a cognitive uh, issue or something like that. Who has a ramp, oh, by the way, for the president of the United States? Was somebody playing a trick? I wonder. I wonder. Oh, uh, Donald Trump responded to uh, today's misfortune of uh, Joe Biden. He's at the Air Force Academy. He actually fell down. Well, I hope he wasn't hurt. I hope he wasn't hurt. But it's the whole thing is look, the whole thing is crazy. You got to be careful about that. You got to be careful about that because you don't you don't want that. Even if you have to tiptoe down a ramp, you got to. <laughs> you can't have a president fall even if you have to tiptoe down the ramp. Look, Gerald Ford, uh, the 38th president of the United States, he was an amazing athlete. He was like a hero college football player in Michigan. He coached football at Yale and uh, very underrated president, by the way. Uh, he took one fall on a rainy day in Austria. Watch what happened. And you see the bias of the media. It goes way, way back. All right. One fall. He's back up on his feet. He never fell again. And that was it, though. The media decided he's a klutz. And Chevy Chase, who did the worst and laziest uh, impression of all time, here he is as Gerald Ford. And the whole joke is, I'm Gerald Ford, and I fall down a lot. Watch. Whereas the... Right? Is that fair? No, it's not. Yeah. Very lazy impressionist, Chevy Chase. But... A great movie. Those vacation movies, National Lampoon Vacation. So what do we think of all this? Uh, this can't continue. I don't like Joe Biden, but you know what? I love all human beings. Really, I, God has a plan for everybody. I don't want anything bad to happen to Joe Biden. His staff, obviously, afraid of him, won't talk to him. I've been talking to him for two years about this, two and a half years. First, sir, I think you should resign. Second, I think you should slow down. Did you get the message already or what? Come on. Be right back. Yeah, it's June, so that means it's Pride Month, the 
most annoying celebration of uh, all the annoying celebrations. It's everywhere, and the flags are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, this one, uh, another one that seemed to take over an entire community. Where's that one from Florida? It goes down. Yeah, look at that. It's like a mile long. It's, look, nobody cares, all right? Your orientation is your orientation. What's to be so proud about? I don't get it. And pride, when did pride become a good thing? Look, if this annoys you, whatever your orientation, you may want to avoid traditional network television. It is the start of Pride Month. Right. We are kicking off Pride Month. There's Becky Worley pulling up to, to the historic Stonewall Inn in a red convertible. We have a big celebration. It is June 1st, and that means the start of Pride Month. So we asked some of our LGBTQ plus colleagues right here at CBS to reflect on the meaning of Pride. Let's face it. Gay people are not being persecuted in America. It's not happening. Donald Trump, oh, by the way, tried to stop persecution of gay people in other countries, where in some countries it's actually illegal to be gay. He did a lot to uh, combat that. This, what is the agenda here? And you know, we just got through uh, Memorial Day, and that was beautiful. Interesting, Memorial Day, just one day? Just one day. But Pride Month, it's, uh, well, <laughs> 30 days has June, right? And it's now like... I don't know. It's like a municipal matter. It is, well, everywhere. A flag-raising ceremony in Lower Manhattan today marked the beginning of this year's LGBTQ plus Pride Month. Officials from the Department's Health and Human Services and Housing and Urban Development were there. Congressman Daniel Goldman spoke about the need to support the community. It is important that we not only celebrate the LGBT community, but that we also push back very hard against this hate. The ceremony was held at Lafayette Flag Plaza across from Thomas Paine Park. And CBS2 is an official media sponsor for Queen's Pride. The parade steps off this Sunday at noon from 37th Avenue in Jackson Heights. And you can celebrate along with us. Watch for live reports on CBS New York and look for our Better Together float in the parade. Then watch our special coverage on CBS2 and CBS News New York. That's Wednesday, June 7th, as we bring you Queen's Pride, hosted by Jessica Moore. That's the 5 o'clock news in New York City, right? That's just the ordinary news. Come celebrate with us. And did you notice Congressman Goldman, uh, what did he say? It's important, important to celebrate pride and to fight the hate. Uh, I don't know about the hate. I think it's phony. I really do. I think people are accepted. Uh, people are consumed with other things. Some people, believe it or not, other than sexuality or orientation. Uh, Goldman, by the way. Made famous initially as the impeachment lawyer for the Democrats, prosecuting that phony Ukrainian impeachment of Donald Trump. There he is as a as a lawyer for the impeachment committee. Joe Biden got in on the Pride Act. Of course, he's a politician standing in a bar, meaningless words. Pride stands for courage. It stands for justice and it stands for love. Yeah. How is that exactly? Pride, 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 pride. You know, at one point, pride was considered a sin. Oh, yeah. Do it in a bar, by the way. Drink up. Right, Joe? Isn't he a teetotaler? Yeah. His son. There's so many things he could be doing with this position that he doesn't do. It's really a shame. But pride. 
Pride is actually something that's not good. According to Judeo-Christian tradition, the sin, pride is a sin, an excessive preoccupation with self and one's own importance, achievement, status, or possessions. That excessive preoccupation with self, that's not a good thing. It's a sin. And you know who knows it's a sin, at least at one point in his life, tried to fight against it? Barack Obama. Way back when, he went to the Wailing Wall in Israel, and uh, very appropriate, very solemn. And have you been there? I actually was there once. You can put a prayer inside. You write it down on paper, and uh, it's a tradition. And I think this was kind of a weasel move, but somebody took the prayer out of the wall and put it in the newspaper. And it was very dignified, and that line right there said, Help me guard against pride and despair. Pride, pride. Unfortunately, God did not grant that wish for Barack Obama. What is this all about? Why are these celebrations? And why are they trying to get the kids involved? We've seen plenty of that. Uh, here's a big clue. We declare with more than 11,000 scientist signatories from around the world, clearly and unequivocally, that our planet Earth is facing a climate emergency. What we have in this paper is a call to action. Reducing carbon dioxide emissions dramatically, stopping deforestation and planting a lot of trees, reducing meat. And finally, we talk about curbing the population explosion. For example, educating girls and young women about family planning options. Hmm. Educating girls and young women about family planning options, uh, not having children, abortion and the like. Uh, the LGBTQ lifestyle, sorry, but would seem to be somewhat antithetical to reproduction. Is this why there's such a fixation with children? Is this part, is it an environmentalist thing? I mean, there's no way anybody can justify this, right? But people are, the Democrat party is, Joe Biden is. It's kind of disgusting. It's kind of evil, uh, but it's happening. And now this. Over on MSNBC, here they are ignoring the catastrophic fall of Joe Biden. Sarah Wallace there, uh, Sarah, whatever her name, Nicole Wallace, taking care of her favorite president, pretending it didn't happen. And that's what they do. Something they don't like happens, they ignore it. Something they like happens, they go all in, over the top. Remember the Mueller report? How about the Mueller report versus the Durham report? Now, the Mueller report, remember, that was to get Trump. It was to get Trump, the Mueller investigation and the Russia stuff. Ultimately, the Mueller report actually exonerated Donald Trump, but they didn't write that part of the story. They wrote how many stories altogether on the Mueller investigation? Uh, 1,006 in the New York Times, okay? Uh, the report ultimately exonerated Donald Trump, but they did not reflect that. It was negative headline after negative headline after negative headline, and the coverage was overwhelming throughout that whole Russia ordeal. Meanwhile, the Durham report which implicated the FBI, condemned their behavior. They found agents who lied, potentially broke the law. They cheated. They blew off all their internal procedures, broke all kinds of regulations. How many stories did they write about the Durham report? Let's see, the New York Times, two articles, two articles, okay? And after the report came out, I think there were three articles. That's it. You know, here's the thing, though. Conservative media not much better. The Wall Street Journal, and we like the Wall Street Journal, a little bit genteel, they wrote six articles after the Durham report was released. 
The Durham report, again, investigated basically those who were investigating Trump, who came up with that phony uh, pretense for an investigation, pretext. Yeah, uh, six articles from the conservative media, that's not going to move the needle. What about the New York Post? What did they do? How many? They put it on the front page, but five articles altogether, that's nothing compared to the relentless drumbeat from the fake news about anything they choose. Our side doesn't do the same thing. Even Fox News, wow, the big Sunday show, after the Durham report comes out, they never got around to talking about the Durham report. There's a big problem in conservative media. We're doing our part here at Newsmax, but others, they're not pulling their weight. They're not pulling the country's weight. I'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Carson for 4 In a startling description, the UN food chief warned the world with the words knocking on famine's door. He called what we're facing a perfect storm of a perfect storm. And he's not alone. Barron's published that a food shortage could be coming even in the U.S. Farmers see it too. John Boyd, a fourth generation farmer, says we're going to see empty food shelves in the coming months. That's why survival food is more important than ever now. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling 4Patriots survival food kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking good for 25 years, super survival food, hand-packed in a family-owned facility in the United States, giving jobs to over 200 Americans. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. And right now, for the next few days, listeners of Newsmax will get 10% off their first order at 4Patriots.com by using promo code Newsmax. Now, that's number 4Patriots.com. Go to 4Patriots.com, use promo code Newsmax, and start your stockpile today. Okay, here he goes. Boom. Joe Biden, president down. Try that fake little run as an 80-year-old man. I'm sorry. I don't want anything bad to happen to Joe Biden. I've been warning him about this for two years. Apparently his staff can't control him. Look, if this keeps up, if he's... Something really catastrophic could happen to President uh, Joe Biden. I don't want that to happen. I do want him to resign. And maybe he should go to prison, but I don't want him to break any bones or break his head. Dr. Manny Sethi joins us. He is the founder and president of Healthy Tennessee, a trauma surgeon. I'm not trying to make light of this, Dr. Sethi. Welcome to Newsmax. Uh, but I am concerned. I think everybody should be concerned. He's not up to the job. Uh, what do you think of what happened today? Well, you know, Greg, it's very concerning as a orthopedic trauma surgeon. This is what I do. These are the patients I take care of. You know, watching his repeated falls, seeing this one today, that was dangerously close to being really bad. And, you know, with these continuous falls, Greg, I would just suggest, and I know this is awful, but he needs to use the walker. Uh, you know, his, his balance is off, his gait's off. And we are literally one hip fracture away from Kamala Harris being president of the United States, and that is very scary. Oh, my gosh. You're right about that. I haven't thought about that aspect of the whole thing. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. So you recommend a walker. And if this were to happen, that is a friendly audience. What if it happened in Ukraine or what if it happens, you know, at some summit? What if it happened in front of Vladimir Putin? We can't have this. Um, you say a walker, though. What about a wheelchair? Seriously, FDR had a wheelchair. Isn't that more dignified? And couldn't that do the same thing? That's a great point. You know, I, I think a wheelchair is, is, is fine. A lot of my patients, you know, they, they really, they, they 
despite that, the, the walker allows more more mobility. I know it doesn't project strength, but, but look, whatever it is, a wheelchair, a walker, this is a serious problem, Greg. He could break his hip. As you said, he could have a head injury. I mean, he he is really getting dangerously close to something bad happening. And I, like you, I'm not a fan of this, this president, but as a doctor, I, I just would really encourage his family uh, to talk to him uh, about what's going on. I mean, you've got this 80-year-old demented guy, keeps falling. It's a problem. Hey, by the way, someday I'm going to use a walker. I'm just saying if you're the president of the United States, it probably is a better look to be in a wheelchair. Um, by the way, also his head, his brain, the cognitive issues. He had one today at the same place. Uh, watch this. By the way, I met with the, who are those guys that fly over shortly? You heard of them, haven't you? Three of them are women. <laughs> so don't screw around, guys. All right, totally weird, totally inappropriate, and uh, totally reflecting, you know, a problem. He's talking about the Thunderbirds, okay? I know the aerial demonstration team. Uh, they're very good. Apparently, three of the pilots are women. Joe thinks the guys can't control themselves around women. It's the kind of thing a creep says, I'm sorry, or you say in the, maybe it's locker room talk, if you will. Um, what, do you, what do you make of this stuff? He's saying outlandish things rather consistently, doctor. You know, you're exactly right when you say locker room talk, right? Because in the locker room, we're disinhibited. We say what we think. And Greg, in, in dementia, what happens is that your, your frontal lobe kind of controls your, 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 you know, prevents you from saying crazy stuff or stuff that you want to say, but you don't. And so his monitor is totally gone, his frontal lobe. So he's saying, you know, whatever he wants, no matter how crazy it sounds, he's having word finding difficulty, like saying the Thunderbirds. This is very, very um, diagnostic for dementia. Now, look, I've never, I've never met him, uh, but, but just the falls, the word finding difficulties, saying crazy stuff. I mean, it just all fits a pattern. I'm very sad to say. Uh, he got off of uh, Marine One at the White House. By the way, he bumped his head in the helicopter. We don't have video of it, but he bumped his head. I don't think there is video of it, but there's pool reports that say he bumped his head on the helicopter. And uh, after he gets back to the White House, he tries to explain what happened at the Air Force Academy. Even the explanation is bizarre. Uh, I got sandbagged. Everything's a joke. Ha 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 ha. And that fake run that got him in this trouble in the first place. The fake run, I think, led to the trip. Doctor. My take. Yeah. Anyway, doctor, I appreciate it very much. Dr. Manny Sethi, uh, we don't want anything bad to happen to Joe Biden. His family should really do something. I've been doing something. I've been saying what I can say from here. Joe, slow down since February of 2021. Dr. Manny Sethi, thank you very much. Hey, what's it like working in an emergency room? Oh, it's crazy. You got to make a lot of decisions really fast, a lot of life and death decisions. And um, but, you know, uh, it's uh, it's it's an incredible job. I'm I'm so thankful that I get to do it and share the lives of patients uh, every day. It's it, it's very meaningful. If something really bad came into the uh, OR there, you know, you see people right out of car wrecks. Most of us would be horrified. We can't handle it. What do you? How do you look at it? Give us a comparison. Like what? Is it just like I don't know? Is it like a jigsaw puzzle? I mean, seriously, do you react emotionally, or are you able to put that stuff aside? 
Well, I think in the moment you, you, you have to put your emotions aside. And, and, and what I is very quickly get to know my patients, who they are, where they're from, what drives them, their families, and try to help make the best decisions with them in the moment. You know, look, uh, w when you do this a lot, y you learn to, to just work under pressure. My wife always likes to say that, that basically my job is that I'm a glorified bomb diffuser. I, I work, you know, high amounts of pressure very quick. And, uh, and, and that's true. But, you know, I think the Lord, you know, put me here for a reason to do this job. And, I, and I'm very thankful. And, and, to, and to spend time with patients and get to know them after these traumas, Greg, it is, it is the most fulfilling thing you can ever do in your life to just watch somebody come back from one of these traumas. You really learn the power of the human spirit, brother. It is, it is incredible. Wow. Well, Dr. Manny Sethi, very interesting. Thank you. Uh, check out Healthy Tennessee. We appreciate it. And as Joe Biden, as we see him fall one more time, yikes. All right. Again, we don't want anything bad to happen to Joe Biden, but this cannot go on. This must be fixed. All right. We'll be right back. Thank you. So Ron DeSantis on the campaign trail. He's going to New Hampshire. He's going to Iowa. And uh, how is he doing out there? Well, uh, this poll, the morning console poll, says he's got a lot of work uh, cut out for him. Trump at 56 percent. DeSantis at 22 percent. Um, and there have been some ups and downs, shall we say, uh, since he got out there. Uh, I'd like to bring in our panel. We have Mark Simone, iHeartRadio talk show host, and Dick Morris, host of Dick Morris Democracy, an advisor to several U.S. presidents. Oh, one other thing, the return, Trump's big 2024 comeback. Hey, Dick, first to you. Uh, you saw that poll, 56, 22 percent. I know Donald Trump gets a little bit touchy about some of these polls because they've been unfair and inaccurate. But overall, what's your sense? Well, the polls are overwhelmingly way in Trump's favor. But, you know, people say, well, that's aid as we approach the primaries in 24. I think the deeper problem is that DeSantis does not have a theme to his message. He first said Trump was uh, a loser, but then you look back at his history and he's not. He said he's moving to the left and he just came out and against birthright citizenship. Uh, he said that he's uh, too pro-abortion and yet he's the guy who appointed the Roe v. Wade overruling in the Supreme Court. So none of these themes are sticking, and he really doesn't have a message. Uh, how about this? How his his performance on the campaign trail? Uh, here's a moment you got to deal with reporters. Donald Trump, when he deals with reporters, I don't know. He shuts them down in a certain way that I really, really like. I'm not sure if this was as effective. Take a look. Why not take any questions from voters, are you blind? Are you blind? It seemed like kind of really petulant and uh, nasty and not in a fun way. <laughs> Mark Simone, what do you think? Well, listen, he, he's got a lot of problems as far as campaign skills. He is a humorless guy. He's got the drama of Donald Trump without the charm. Without the humor, he's always abrasive in private. Anybody that's ever had to deal with him will, will tell you that. Even the donors will tell you he's not nice to them. Uh, he's 35 points behind and slipping. You don't think you'll see him 45 points behind pretty soon. He's going to be battling uh, Nikki Haley and uh, Chris Christie, and I think that's about it for him. Wow. Uh, you, you concur there, Dick? Yeah, I do. I, I, think that, I think that until he can find himself a message that resonates, 
uh, it's not going to work. At the moment, he's just got pity pat accusations about COVID or other stuff, and none of it sticks. Uh, but the point is, there is no theme that sticks against Trump. What about, you know, uh, come to Florida, woke dies in Florida, and we did a great job during COVID. And, uh, oh, that, that's you know, great. How does that stuff? Yeah. Huh? That's great for running for governor. But what's uh, it got to do? Look, as governor, his most serious enemy was, was Mickey Mouse. As president, it's Vladimir Putin and G, uh, Xi Jinping. Let's, uh, a little bit more formidable. <laughs> these are the official declared candidates. All right, the lay of the land from you, Dick. The point is the more the merrier, because... None of these primaries require a majority to win. They're all a plurality. So whoever gets the most votes wins. And here you're dividing the anti-Trump vote up 10 ways. So the more that come in, the worse it is for DeSantis, the better it is for Trump. All right. Hey, I got to show uh, the big moment today. If you're watching certain cable news channels, you wouldn't know about this. But Joe Biden falling. Uh, this is this is bad stuff. And as you know, this is not the first time he's gone splat. It happens fairly routinely. I mean, from the bike, Air Force One, all of these uh, incidents, it's been a lot now. Anyway, Mark, what do you make of all this? Uh, it's great if you're uh, remaking a Jerry Lewis movie. I, but it, this is awful. <laughs> this is horrible. Uh, uh, I mean, it just happens over and over again. You know, Gerald Ford fell, I think, uh, tripped once, and it was front-page news for the whole presidency and a Saturday Night Live sketch every week. This is being ignored. It's a real problem. It is really wild. Uh, he's right about that. We said it earlier in the show. Jerry Ford, who was a great athlete, he was an elegant man, took one fall. The bias against Republicans, against conservatives, has been there for a half century at least, Dick Morris. It has. It has. But um, I told you, Greg, that I looked at some of the surveys that were taken that DeSantis got DeSantis to run. People always say to me, if he's 40 points behind, why is he running? And the answer is, I think his pollster misled him. They did a series of surveys in swing states that showed Trump very vulnerable and DeSantis having a great chance to win. But when you look at the internals in all of those polls, they way overstated the liberals. And DeSantis does better among liberals and Trump does better among conservatives. And if they were real samples, if they accurately reflected the exit polls in those states, DeSantis never would have gotten into this race. Wait a second. I mean, DeSantis, there was a lot of buzz about DeSantis. All right. Look, I'm for Trump. But. They were bogus. Mark, do you buy that? I thought, uh, look, he was the golden boy there for a while. I guess he did make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I mean, Dick knows his business. And I, I think all that buzz was coming from the Bushes, from Carl Rove, from the swamp, from the uh, donors. And the donors always get it wrong. They back the wrong guy every time. Jeb, Romney, whoever. All right, gentlemen, great stuff. To be continued, Dick Morris and Mark Simone, thank you. And I'll be right back. Thanks. You know, I get alerts on my phone all the time about crime. Uh, it's like I've never seen in my lifetime exploding in the violence and what people are doing to each other from fighting to gunfights and so many innocent bystanders, right? People who have nothing to do with whatever dispute is being dealt with. Uh, you've heard of these reports, right? 
Now, two teens recovering after being shot this morning inside a Brooklyn bodega. They were part of a group grabbing a bite when bullets went flying, breaking glass, causing people to run for cover. Police say those bullets weren't intended for the teens. We are seeing the final moments of a woman's life in the Bronx before she's caught in the crossfire. The mother of two struck by a bullet in her back. A double shooting at an Oakland gas station leaves one woman hurt and another man dead. Tonight, family members of the man who was killed say he was an innocent bystander. So many innocent people being killed by these criminals, gang members, whatever. And have you noticed that's an elderly gentleman, but so many kids, so many of the innocent bystanders turn out to be children. And it's amazing that somehow, somehow through it all, the NRA, the National Rifle Association, they're portrayed as the villains in all of this. But actually... I think they just might be the saviors. These people are all about legal gun ownership and safety, gun safety, how to shoot, how to aim. You notice that so many of these crazy gangbangers don't seem to know how to use a gun. If you go to the NRA website, they have amazing videos about how to handle weapons and guidance and how to enroll in programs and that kind of thing. Maybe some of those guys should do that. Uh, they would kill less children, all right? I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's actually, it's actually a good idea. All right, also this. Um, they used to go after uh, Richard Nixon like crazy. I mean, they badgered him about Watergate, uh, far less severe than the Russian hoax, by the way, uh, for two years. I mean, look at it. And Donald Trump, on a daily basis, they were all hassling him, usually about... You know, the issue of the day, boom, 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 hammering him over Ukraine or whatever, this, that, and the other thing. It's amazing how gentle they are with Joe Biden. All the things you could ask Joe Biden, the laptop, Hunter, uh, <laughs> what about this money that the FBI says you may have received when you were vice president of the United States? Apparently they're investigating you or were. Never comes up, never, ever comes up. Although, one reporter at the back of the room had something to say yesterday. There was a Harvard-Harris poll this month that found that 53% of the public, including a fourth of Democrats, believe, quote, Joe Biden was involved with his son in an, in an illegal influence peddling scheme. Uh, there's, of course, evidence that the president interacted with his relatives, associates from China, uh, Mexico, Kazakhstan, Russia, and Ukraine. Uh, so what do you say to the majority of Americans who believe that the president is himself corrupt? Awesome question. Notice he's at the back of the room. What's his name, oh, by the way? He's uh, Stephen Nelson, Washington reporter for the New York Post. Fantastic. There are some people there with guts. So what's the answer to his question, that most people think that Joe Biden's corrupt? Can I take that question? President, the president, the president has spoken to this. Uh, the president has spoken to this, uh, and there's nothing to these claims. The president has never even been asked about the laptop. As president of the United States, he's not been asked about that. Incredible. Uh, once in October of 2020, and, and that's it. And the Intel Committee uh, covered for him. One big problem with um, the media in general, so many of them want to be, they don't want to look for the truth. They just want to be stars. It all started during Watergate, actually. Woodward and Bernstein. 
Remember those guys? They allegedly broke Watergate, although there's a lot of fake news about what they did. Uh, these two schlubs were represented by the greatest actors in the world two years later. Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford play those guys in a movie. And each of the original characters there, Woodward and Bernstein, went on to make many, many, many millions of dollars. It used to be being a reporter was like being a firefighter or a cop or a teacher. It was a profession, but it wasn't, it wasn't glamorous. It wasn't Hollywood. And now that's what they're all looking for. More recently, uh, these two New York Times reporters, I mean, you know, whatever, all right, they write for the newspaper. Uh, they wrote some Harvey Weinstein articles, and they parlayed that into, yeah, a book and a movie. Carrie Mulligan is on the right portraying one of those reporters. It has all gone to their heads, and now every story is judged through that prism. Will this make me a star? Will this make me money? The truth, that's a byproduct. Maybe. Thank you, and we'll see you tomorrow night.